Who were the best players this year for the Jets in all three phases of the game? We'll talk about it on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Friday, January 14th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com, and thank you so much for making this show your first listen every day. It's a big weekend in the NFL, super wild card weekend, six playoff games over three days, two games tomorrow, three games on Sunday, and then a Monday night wild card game for the first time ever, which has brought some complaints because there are questions is this really the best thing competitively for the NFL to have two teams play a wild card game on Monday and then the winner needing to play on a short week in the divisional round and of course it's not but that's never stopped the NFL before we've seen in past years teams play Sunday wild card games and then have to play Saturday in the divisional round against a rested opponent a team that had a bye and you have to play on a short week and just last weekend the league, for whatever reason, flexed two games from Sunday to Saturday just a few days in advance. So teams did not have any advance notice that they would need to have a short week heading into their last game of the season. Now, in the Week 18 games that were flexed from Sunday to Saturday, there were not any playoff spots on the line, but you can bet that there will be in future years if they continue with this arrangement. I mean, the NFL is just not about competition number one. They're about money number one, and that's why we have a Monday night wild card game. So just ignore the competitive aspect of it, how unfair it is to those teams, and just try and enjoy the football, I guess. But anyway, on today's show, we're going to continue giving out awards to members of the 2021 New York Jets. I began that yesterday. I gave out some awards, like least valuable player to Alex Kessman, a richly deserved award. I gave Bryce Hall the second year sophomore of the year award. Morgan Moses was my best free agent edition. And then we got into some more serious awards. I named Mike LaFleur my coach of the year, and I named Elijah Moore my rookie of the year. And if you'd like more details on why, you can listen to yesterday's show. Now, on today's show, we're going to focus on the three phases of the game. I'm going to give you a special teams player of the year. I'm going to give you a defensive player of the year. And I'm going to give you an offensive player of the year. And one of these players is going to be my overall player of the year. I always think it's ridiculous in the NFL where a player, somebody wins the Offensive Player of the Year, but a different Offensive Player wins the MVP. I understand there's a difference between a player of a year and a most valuable player, but I always think it's ridiculous, like a running back will win an Offensive Player of the Year and then a quarterback wins an MVP. If you're the MVP, how are you not the Offensive Player of the Year? It doesn't make any sense to me. So one of the three players I name will be my Jets Player of the Year. But let's begin. We'll begin with the Special Teams Player of the Year. And this one was not that tough. I think this one's pretty obvious if you think about it. Maybe not as obvious as least valuable player with Alex Kessman yesterday, but I don't think anybody's really going to object to my special teams player of the year. Now, there are a few players you could say maybe deserved some mention. You had some guys like Delshawn Phillips and Justin Hardy who did pretty good jobs on coverage teams. So, you know, they deserve maybe an honorable, honorable mention Although Hardy did make some mistakes, there were too many penalties from Justin Hardy, who was a guy who was brought in in free agency this past offseason, specifically to play special teams. Early in the season, Thomas Morstead did a good job as punter in place of an injured Braden Mann. In fact, if you look at Mann's production after returning, you wonder whether the Jets may have made a mistake. 
on the same note, late in the season, my new favorite player, Eddie Pinheiro, came in and did a great job place-kicking after the Jets had chronic struggles with Matt Amendola and my least valuable player, Alex Kessman. My new favorite player, Eddie Pinheiro, came in and made all his field goal attempts and went 9 for 10 on extra points. And the amazing thing is, Joe Douglas, through his tenure with the Jets, has always tried to get these kickers with these huge legs, thinking that maybe we'll get somebody who can kick a 60-yard field goal. Well, the thing is, Amendola was probably the worst kicker this year from long range, despite his big leg. And Eddie Pinheiro comes in, and he's nailing kicks from 50 yards out, even though he has a pretty weak leg. Just shows your leg strength is not really that significant at the kicker position. Jets had this vision in mind with Matt Amendola. We're going to have this guy who's going to be able to kick 60 yarders. Well, he couldn't even kick... 40 yarders. So these are all guys who deserve honorable mention, but this this one's kind of a slam dunk. I mean, I think the special teams player of the year is clearly Braxton Berrios. And whenever you have a guy who leads the league in kickoff return average, and not only that, but would have finished second in punt return average if he had enough punt returns to qualify. And that's the only blemish on his record is that he did not have enough punt returns to qualify. And that's because he was second in the league in fair catches with 25. So, I, you know, I think you do wonder a little bit, like, was he fair catching balls he should not have fair caught? Was he only returning it when he had a clear open path? And was he leaving yardage on the field? That's the only blemish. But, listen, the numbers speak for themselves with Braxton Berrios as a return guy. Again, number one in the league in kickoff return yards and would have been number two in punt return yard or average if he had enough to qualify at 13.4. And at kickoffs, he had a 30.4 average. So really an excellent season. Barrios kind of carved out his role on the team and carved out a role on the offense. And even though this doesn't really impact him being the special teams player of the year, I really like the way Mike LaFleur found a role for him on offense. One of those things I've always wondered when I've watched teams in the NFL, if you have a really good return guy, why not figure out ways to manufacture touches for him on offense? Why not throw him screens? Why not use him on jet sweeps? Use him in motion? Use him on end arounds? Essentially what you what you can do on offense to manufacture yardage is you set up a situation that simulates a return. I go back years and years and you know Braxton Berrios is not Devin Hester. Devin Hester is the greatest return man in NFL history. But the Bears tried to turn Devin Hester into like a conventional receiver who ran regular routes and I never understood that. I said if you're going to play Devin Hester on offense, you just manufacture touches for him and you do everything possible to simulate a return where he's got the ball in space, he's got blockers in front of him. And that's what the Jets did with Barrios. And they kind of helped him not only produce on special teams, but he really kind of carved out a role on offense for this team, especially in the late part of the season when the Jets had injuries at the wide receiver position. You know, Barrios is not a great receiver. He can make a few plays here or there. He can run a few routes out of the slot. But really where his skills are is, that, you know, when he gets up to top speed, he can go pretty fast. I have to admit, I did not think he was that fast entering the season, or at least as fast as he showed himself to be in 2021. And entering the season, I, I didn't think he had that kind of speed, but he really displayed it and did an excellent job for this team as a return man. I don't think I'm going to have too many people complaining about this one. I mean, I think that this choice was pretty obvious with all due respect to the other guys who had success on special teams this year for the Jets. This one seems like kind of a slam dunk. Braxton Berrios is the special teams player of the year. Now, ahead here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, I'm going to talk about the phase of the game where there's not an obvious choice, and that's because the Jets were so bad there, and that's the defensive side of the ball. But 
I will name a defensive player of the year ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast. Thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day. Today we are concluding our 2021 awards for members of the New York Jets. In the first segment, we talked about the special teams player of the year, which is Braxton Berrios. I think a pretty obvious choice, although there were some other standout performances who earned honorable mention. In this segment, we're talking defensive player of the year. And this one was tricky because the Jets defense was so bad. It required a lot of thought to figure out who actually played well from this group. And part of me felt like this award should not be given out because of how bad the Jets' defense was. I considered it, but I am going to name a defensive player of the year. Now, you look across this defense. I mean, there were not many good performances. On the defensive line, you had guys like Quinnen Williams and John Franklin Myers who had their moments, who had a handful of dominant games, but there were also games where these guys completely disappeared. And those games happen too frequently. The Jets' defensive line, I think, as a whole, underperformed this season. It was supposed to be the strength of the defense. Too many weeks it was not. You look at the linebacker position. Yes, you had a guy in Quincy Williams who clearly was a pleasant surprise. I mean, whenever you pick up a guy Jacksonville cuts, you're not expecting much. And he stepped in and 
clearly outperformed expectations. I mean, waiver wire pickups usually never amount to anything. He looks like, at the very least, he's a good depth player. But he himself admitted it. I mean, there were too many times he overran plays. I mean, he's got to learn to channel his speed, to channel his aggression. Too many times he was in the wrong spot. He's one of those guys where you notice when he does something well because he delivers a big hit. You don't notice it when he messes up, when he's in the wrong spot. But that happened too frequently. And also at the linebacker position, you had C.J. Mosley, who was voted team MVP. I don't know that I agree with that vote. Again, Mosley had his moments, especially early in the season. Early in the season, he looked like he was going to be a big asset for this defense. Even if he wasn't going to justify the money the Jets were paying him, maybe he was bringing something more to the table than met the eye. Maybe his leadership... Maybe his ability to get guys lined up was adding something. But as the season progressed, I think he kind of became a liability. He had a few games here or there where he was still really good, but he also had some really bad moments. I mean, he struggled quite a bit in coverage this season. I think other teams really looked to exploit him in coverage. He just wasn't the same guy he was in Baltimore. And part of that may have been the system. This is a different system. It's asked him to take on a different role, different skill set needed. But, you know, I don't think he performed that well. The safety position, which had in previous years been a strength of the Jets when they had Jamal Adams and Marcus May completely fell apart. May, of course, suffered a serious injury midway through the season. And even then, he was not having that good of a year. And after that, I mean, it was ugly. LaMarcus Joyner, if you go back, LaMarcus Joyner, who was supposed to help the safety position, got hurt for the year week one at Carolina. And it was ugly. I mean, it got ugly. You had Ashton Davis, who I mean, just consistently takes horrible angles, doesn't tackle well. In fact, you know something? Ashton Davis is a good example of why you have to take those pro football focus grades with a grain of salt. Because you look at his grades, they don't look that bad. But here's the thing with the pro football focus grades. They grade each play equally. So if you have like five good plays and one bad play, you're going to have a good grade. The thing is, though, sometimes when you're in a position like safety... Your five good plays, you're not really doing that much. You're, you know, you're not really involved that much. And your bad play might be a bad angle you take that turns a seven-yard run into a 40-yard run. So it could be a situation where there are more good plays than bad plays, but the one bad play hurt your team much more than all the good plays combined help. And I think that's the case with somebody like Ashton Davis. And then you have Elijah Riley, who had some big hits. And I, I don't want to get on Elijah Riley because he's a fan. He lived out his dream of playing for the Jets. He, you know, when he was a kid, he went to training camp. But he, clearly a guy who's more of a practice squatter than a starter. Ironically, if you look at the success stories on the defensive side of the ball, you could argue it was the position that had the biggest question marks entering the season. And that could be corner because you had Bryce Hall develop into a quality starting player. And you also had Michael Carter II really hold down the slot very well as a rookie. Now, Brandon Eccles was not great. I I remember at the start of the season when the Jets were going this young on defense, I said that there were going to be guys playing on this defense who were going to see significant time, who were not even going to be part of the future of the team. And Brandon Eccles is a guy I think of because I think he, he had a few moments. He had that pick six against Miami, but I don't think Brandon Eccles was that good, and I don't know how much upside he's got. But I think the Jets have two-thirds of a pretty decent starting corner group. So I ultimately settled on either Bryce Hall or Michael Carter II, and I'm going to go with Hall. 
because I think he had a tougher job as an outside corner. Now, you could argue that. I mean, slot corner is a very difficult position to master, but I think Hall, for the most part, had more difficult assignments. I think, while both players had their slumps, I think Hall was a little bit more consistent through the season, given the difficulty of degree of his matchups. Now, he, he, he was not perfect. He had his own games where he struggled quite a bit, but you know, entering the season, corner kind of looked like a problem area for the Jets. And I don't think it was the disaster we were expecting it to be. I mean, I was expecting this to be like a 2014 Jets kind of group. If you go back to that off, to that season where John Nidzik did nothing at the position, and the Jets ended up playing Antonio Allen at corner. Antonio Allen was a safety who could not cover it. Safety. And they were playing him at corner, and you had guys like Darren Walls come in. And it was an ugly situation, and the Jets were just exposed there all season long. That really was not the case at corner for the most part. Now, I mean, I'm not going to act like this was a good defense. And Eccles, again, was a guy who was picked on a lot. And there were some bad games for Bryce Hall. But you look at this defense. I mean, if you told me we were going to get this result this season where the defense was going to be this bad, I would have pointed at corner as the number one culprit. And I don't think corner was the number one culprit for the Jets this season. I think there were bigger issues almost everywhere else. Defensive line underperformed. We talked about linebacker wasn't that good. Safety was just a disaster. If you're looking at the areas that were maybe the least disastrous, you could argue it was corner, especially with the way Bryce Hall was playing. You know, is Bryce Hall a number one corner going forward? I, I don't know about that, but I think he's a starter. I think he's a guy who's part of the solution. I think he ultimately looks like a pretty good fifth-round pick for the Jets. So maybe it's by default because I, I couldn't come up with anybody else. But I'm giving Bryce Hall my Defensive Player of the Year award. Well, there's only one thing left to do, and that's give out the Offensive Player of the Year. And that's what I'll do ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast as we close out the show. You know, at the beginning of the year, I don't think I would have bet on Bryce Hall being my choice for Jets Defensive Player of the Year. But no matter what you're betting on, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new year as they continue the march into the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. With a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website, sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to get started. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Beyond football, on to basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And while you're enjoying the games this weekend, treat yourself with a Built Bar. Built Bar is going to help you keep those New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, you should make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. Because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. And usually by like week three of the new year, you're thinking this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? That's where Built Bar comes in, because Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, but most Built Bars are only 130 calories with 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You can compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there are so many delicious flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and so many more, because Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. I got to tell you, these are protein bars, but they are delicious. They really do taste like candy bars. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. 
you'll get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCK15, that's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at Built, B-U-I-L-T dot com. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Friday, giving out awards to the 2021 New York Jets. The final two awards I'm going to give out are Offensive Player of the Year and Overall Player of the Year. And I'm giving both of these to a player you may not be expecting because of the position he plays, but that player is Connor McGovern, who I think had an excellent second season with the Jets. And you could kind of see it through the first season he had in 2020 on this team. He began slowly, things were not working out well, but near the end of the season, his play began to round into form. And of course, that does not always carry over into the following season, but there was a school of thought that he was going to be a really good fit for the offense Mike LaFleur was running. And ultimately, I think he did an excellent job providing stability at the center position. And if you know anything about me, you know how much I love the center position. The Jets have a proud tradition at that position. And of course, we came off a long stretch where we had nothing but the league best play at center. We had Nick Mangold, and before we had Kevin Mawai. For almost two decades, the Jets had pristine play at the center position. And even if you go back before Mawai, the Jets have had a history of having excellent centers. And then Mangold retires because of injury, and you get Wesley Johnson, and you get Spencer Long, and you get washed up Ryan Khalil. And through this period, you have Jonathan Harrison subbing in. And it drove me crazy in part because it destroyed the offense. I mean, if you don't think center is important, watch the Jets offense between 2017 and 2019 and see how bad center play impacted things. It was brutal. It drove me crazy every year how the Jets could not. And part of it was because I had watched so much good center play through the years. I'd watched so much good center play that now I'm watching this absolute garbage and it's destroying the offense. And Connor McGovern comes in and does not play well at the beginning of year one, but year two really rounds into form, does a good job, I think, both as a pass blocker and a run blocker, and also has a difficult job because the center is the guy who, in both the run and the pass, kind of makes sure everybody's in the right call at the line because he has to kind of decipher what the defense is doing. And if the call is wrong, he's got to help change it. Now, usually that happens in tandem with the quarterback, but when you have a rookie quarterback... More of that's obviously going to fall to the center. And of course, centers aren't position... It's not a position where people really notice you. And it really falls under the radar. I think people, because it's so subtle, good center play, people don't sometimes don't appreciate it. And typically a center is not going to get an award like this. But I want to recognize Connor McGovern. Because how many times, if, you, if you're a longtime listener of this show... You know how much I've been complaining about the Jets not being able to figure out center. And, you know, if you're taking a glasses half full view of this franchise right now, and I know it can be difficult coming off a bad season, a season that I think, frankly, was a failure. I think it was a disappointing season in many ways. But if you want to feel optimistic about the direction of this franchise, you can look at the offensive line. And I don't think there's any question the offensive line has improved quite a bit over the last two years. And if the Jets can figure out the other positions the way they figured out the offensive line, you know, maybe this team's actually going to be going places. But I think McGovern was a really stabilizing force at center. And you listen, when you're playing center, it's a lot of it's about just making sure you're in the right spot, making sure you know who to help. Centers don't take on a lot of one-on-one blocks in today's NFLs. Are you helping the right guy? Are you making sure everybody's lined up correctly? 
I think McGovern did this really well. And it was tricky on the offense. The offense was tricky not because they lacked guys who played well, but you, just, you had so many guys in and out of the lineup. You know, Elijah Moore missed time. Michael Carter missed time. And McGovern missed time at the end of the year. So, you know, if Elijah Moore had played a full season, he might have been the guy. You know, Michael Carter, you can make an argument for him, but ultimately I wanted to honor the center position. Maybe this is my own bias. Maybe it's just because I go so crazy about center because I've been so angry at the way the Jets have handled the position that I'm finally happy we have some stability there. But Connor McGovern is my guy. Listen, I don't think I don't think the overall player of the year could be on defense this year. So my offensive player of the year and my overall player of the year for the Jets is Connor McGovern. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great weekend. We'll be back next week to talk more Jets.